That's yeah. Why are you just sort of like doing a ghost doing a Christmas song? Why are you uh, keeping it all to yourself for some reason? Because it's spook. I'm still stuck in <laughs> spooky season. What are you talking about? We're recording this the day before it releases uh, on December fourteenth. Damon, I'm all bundled up. I've got uh, I've got a scarf on. Thanks I've, for coming to my birthday party yesterday. By the way, got uh, uh, oh yeah, it was a great. It was a great uh, fun time. We played a lot a, of uh, uh, Twister. <laughs> yeah, we played um, a lot of Twister and uh, cornhole. Yeah, in the snow. S- in the snow. Yeah, that spiked hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just put, uh, it was mostly just bourbon and a Hershey Kiss floating in there, but you got the idea. <laughs> that was my bathtub, actually. <laughs> hey, welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is a podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name is DJ. Hi, DJ. It's me, Damon. Over here. It's the holidays, Damon. Yes, uh, the, the, the unspecified holidays, my the- favorite time of the year. It is insert holiday. <laughs> so <sighs> now let's we're watch talking a, about now we've done our part for those non Christians. Now let's watch a Christmas movie, please. Yeah, we'll watch uh, one of those uh, uh, famous um, uh, Hanukkah movies later. Mm-hmm. Like and eight then crazy followed nights up with a hugga, then, a hugga movie from Norway. It's gonna be uh, fun. Yeah, is that how you say it? Hugga? No idea. No Higge? idea. Higge? Higge. Higge? I'm pretty sure Christmas is also mostly from Norway. <laughs> At least the, little, the like secular <laughs> traditions part of it. All those reindeer. You see the uh, the former tradition of Saturnalia, which was a mm-hmm. um, winter solstice. Anyway, we're gonna watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. Finally, those boys in Harvard, uh, they stopped writing their stupid humor magazine, sat down behind a typewriter, and wrote a movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And all was well ever since. And they never gave anyone any more wet willies the rest of the semester. I don't know. Sorry. I was having trouble. It's been a while since college now, so I'm having trouble remembering what happens. Also, I didn't go to Ivy League, so I think there was less spanking in my experience. Right, and you weren't yeah. participating in the National Lampoon uh, uh, storied uh, humor magazine uh, that gave us people like Conan O'Brien and mm-hmm. others we'll insert later. Um, I'm going to say right out the gate, this is not... I know a lot of people love this movie. I didn't get it growing up. Uh, when people quote it, I still mm. I know that it's a quote only from people quoting it. Um, this is not one of my things. Also, I think I think it's become less so over time because how we get our media is so different now. You can kind of watch we can watch stuff from our from our childhood. We can watch stuff, but like comedy used to be a lot more. I feel like generational, and I feel like I never like the the early. SNL people like the uh, the Chevy Chase, your uh, well, Steve Martin wasn't on SNL, but he was in that. I would put him in that category. Mm-hmm. Your Martin Shorts, I appreciate them, but they never like Chevy Chase, especially, never really struck my funny bone. Right. 
You hated you hate Bill Murray. You hate Dan Aykroyd. You laughed when Gilda Radner died. Those wow. those were your those were your memories yeah. of early SNL. Listen, I I like Bill Murray as much as the next guy. Dan Aykroyd, I like a lot of the things he is in, but when I think about it, it's more like, do I just like some of the things he's written? And he's like, because I feel like he's be- he's really good. Dan Aykroyd's really good as like a straight man. Um, a, f- a comic not to foil. go too off the deep end, but yeah, I mean, speaking of deep ends, Dan Aykroyd has gone off of one, and is that's like, maybe maybe it's spoiled a little bit. Uh, he's he's a little bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Insufferable to listen to nowadays. I listened to an interview with him uh, recently, and. Um, it was the only thing funny about it was just how off the rails the interview went. Just he he wants to talk about what he wants to talk about, and then when you hear about him talk about Ghostbusters and you realize that he actually believes this stuff, you're like, oh, I don't think I want to hang out with Dan Aykroyd. I'm happy he made some movies. Speaking um, of going off the rails, uh, he's not in this movie, but Chevy Chase is. <laughs> Who and, and the good news is, c- comparatively, Chevy Chase is you know especially over time seems to get have gotten less cantankerous. Mm-hmm. Less He's definitely someone I want to hang out with more than uh, Dan Aykroyd. He's definitely yeah. not a homophobe and a notorious misogynist. Yeah. So it's just a great a great place to be. That was the the thing is like even before I sort of learned some of the behind the scenes stuff, which I unless it's like they're a monster, which like. Uh, is is arguable if you're not if you're not working if you're not working with chevy chase you're probably like i mean he just seems like maybe a dick but like he's not like doing these awful things especially compared to the stuff that's been coming out right the last i guess not. several years as far as we know but well, right exactly but i'm not that that's like something you can compare but like even before uh like i had heard some of those stories he just like never hit for me like i never got chevy chase the way other people did even even people of our age who were like people love this movie i'm prepared i'm prepared to like it more than i do because i don't dislike i just didn't it didn't like hit with me so i don't have like a lot of memories with it i know i've seen it but i don't like have plus the like the sort of put upon main character thing doesn't Uh is not my favorite it gives me too much anxiety i think especially Uh, as an adult when you're like no wait i actually have to uh handle christmas this year yeah. Um, this was actually pretty much one of two Christmas movies that we definitely watched every year throughout my childhood. Every year. So between this and Scrooge, we would watch these two every year. Oh, Scrooge. That's a good one. And so me and my brother would, uh, like we talked about with Death Becomes, or there's tiers of uh, lines from Christmas Vacation that you go okay. through. You'd start with, why is the floor wet? Uh, Todd, I don't know, Margo. That's a that's a first tier, and then by third tier, you're going. I need to eat, so I can take my back pills. Um, that's something that me and Jason like to shout at each other, which is a line that E.G. Marshall says as a reason why they should abandon Chevy Cheese, who's locked in the attic, so that they can go to the mall and go shopping. And E.G. Marshall, Beverly D'Angelo's father in this movie, says, "I need to eat, so I can take my back pills." Which to a young youth who has uh, all his bones are whole. Now it's not so funny now, is it? Uh, yeah. Hoist now with your I'm own. just like, I make a sound when I get up. <laughs> Hoist with not your own so holiday petard. But this was a favorite of ours. It, I, I can imagine that to an adult it would be a lot more stressful because you actually have to host Christmas. Yeah. I wasn't a big Chevy Chase fan myself either, I don't think. I think 
also, this was the first uh, vacation movie I ever saw. Yes, me too. Um, before uh, European and original recipe, um, and certainly before Vegas. One of the things I like about this movie now, having seen those other ones, is that it's the first time you actually get to see the Griswolds at home for an extended uh, period of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going somewhere. They're people being foisted upon them, which is kind of charming because I think it, maybe it doesn't put Chevy Chase in a different situation, but it makes him sort of deflecting uh, from other crazies he's encountering rather than sort of... He's not necessarily, he isn't every man in these movies, but I feel like he brings a certain element of uh, sort of manicness uh, to yeah. the proceedings. And I feel like it's a little bit more grounded in this movie than it is in the previous uh, vacation movies. But maybe I'm misremembering because I remember this one more favorably. While still delivering that legendary physical comedy that he's He's just for. so tall. Yeah. He's when all he, legs and elbows. Tall guy fall down. I mean, and I, I mean, can you beat it? He's wearing a cardigan and a Santa hat in this one rather than just uh, a Is that doing shirt. it for you? Like like uh, <laughs> Tim Allen sort of situation? Oh, no, 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 no. Ooh, I do love a cardigan, though. Um, and a comb over. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and you also get, uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Aunt, uh, I can't think. I, I want to say it's Aunt May, but my, my great aunt was named Aunt May. So now I'm feeling oh, that's not right. But uh, there's a super old woman who comes uh, to Christmas dinner at the end. And me and my brother, just we just cackle with laughter because she's so funny. She's actually the original voice of Betty Boop. Oh, and she doesn't know anything that's going on. So it's like making fun of dementia, which is always a crowd pleaser. It's great. She tends to wrap up things that she finds around the house as Christmas gifts. One of the things is a uh, jello mold that she topped with uh, cat food. Ooh. It's disgusting. She's very charming. And at some point, someone asked her to say Grace. And she says, Grace? She died five years ago. It's very funny to me and my brother to scream mm. that. When uh, mom and dad want us to say grace, when they still thought there was a chance we might say grace. (laughs) They've since given up. At a holiday dinner. Now they're like, you know what, we're just going to skip that. Well, my dad now, he's in charge of grace at holiday dinners, and my dad takes uh, Shatner-esque pauses during grace (laughs) um, to the point that it just starts to become a giggle fest because it's just so uncomfortable. And what he likes to do is he likes to take a standard prayer and then uh, about three quarters of the way through it, when you're like, we're almost there. Home stretch. We're almost to the amen. Then he just likes to start riffing, just to scatting, oh, yeah. scatting some, you gotta, you gotta, uh, scatting a some good, prayer in there. A good blessing has an improv section for sure. It's usually like, oh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this bountiful feast that you've laid before us. And then... Uh, immediately just starts riffing and then thank you for the 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 gift thank you for hold on let me do it as him thank you for the gift of your son in Bethlehem <laughs> in Bethlehem who became a light to mankind and at this point me and my brother both have like left eyes open just staring across at each other and that's usually when uh, the giggles start. And it's, of course, it's like church giggles where you're yeah. keeping all the, the sounds to yourself, but then the shoulders start going. Um, and that's when Mother, with her eye of Sauron, that's when her eye comes open, the left eye, and starts just scanning the room, panopticon, um, trying to hunt down what's so funny 
And we're like, there's nothing to see that's so funny. You, it's just you're hearing dad, this too. Dad cruised right through the first third of this prayer, and now it's 20 minutes later, and we still don't know what he's talking about. Uh, it's just a great time. Great time was had by all. And then when he gets to that amen, we're all like thankful. Woo! That that's why he does it. He's building tension. He's a masterful prayer giver. It's called stagecraft, and I yeah. think it's lost a lot in, in modern prayers. <laughs> I honestly don't have anything else to say. We got, uh, who else is in this? Randy Quaid? Uh, Randy Quaid is in it. Doris Roberts, who later became famous uh, for uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm. Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. Juliette Lewis. Um, oh. Big Bang Theory's in it. Which one's Big Bang Theory? I want to say Lip Nicky, but that's not right. Jonathan no. Galecki? David Galecki? Russ... No, I'm naming his characters from both Roseanne and this John, movie. Johnny Jonathan Galecki? Galecki, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or just John. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this. What is she in yeah, this? Yeah, deal with that. She is the yuppie, she is the, the yuppie wife who lives next door okay. to uh, the Griswolds. Um, also, Diane Ladd is in this. No, wait. I might be confusing my lads. Hold on. Cheryl Ladd? It might be Cheryl Ladd. Hold on. There's a lot of lads. Oh, there's a lot of lads. Ah, Ladd, come here. Diane Ladd um, is in this. So uh, we're going to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Watch along with us. We'll be right back. I think the main thing that we're all worried about this time of year, uh, Damon, is is how to avoid that lump of coal in our stocking. I think. Oh. I see you, what you're doing. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Right into the commercial. Or, just or, boom. No, the seven, eight lumps of coal on your Hanukkah uh, thing. <laughs> As I understand it, that's what the Maccabees were fighting against. <laughs> I also called the menorah a Hanukkah thing. So just really going, just it's going, going super well. Great. The Would best you like way to run a crusade maybe through the Holy <laughs> Land while you're at it? The best way to avoid any of those bad things, though. Uh, is to support uh, your local podcast at uh, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot or your inner child is an idiot.com for if you if if your inner child is an idiot is not long enough for you you want to add patreon.com if you're not getting enough uh, finger exercises in the Chinese finger trap your uncle got you is and it fell apart uh, you know just type in more uh, domain name bits just keep Are- adding backslashes until you fall asleep <laughs> You can become a patron of the show. Uh, give a little uh, gift to someone else. Buy them a patron subscription. I don't know if you can do that, but let's assume you can. A, have we got an HTML uh, form for that? Or uh, you could, you could, uh, right? Is you there know, a tax pay, write-off on that? You could become a patron and then put their name as your nickname. You can definitely do that. Oh, a clever little scheme. Um, I'm not sure. If that would really pay off the way you think it would, but um, it also raises a bunch of ethical questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, is Captain John Luke Picard really a patron of the show, or is it an imposter? We watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Every time I turn around, we're in the in a new segment. <laughs> What do you want to happen? What do you I don't think know. is going to happen? Usually we're, we're futzing around like a bunch of jackasses. But now Listen, you're, you're Mr. Capitalism. I started 15 minutes ago. You weren't here. You were making coffee for yourself. Fair enough. That's true. Like you an probably insane already covered the recap person at 8 p.m. 
No, I saved that for you. I saved Aww. the recap for you. Please yeah, recap this movie. It. Hold on, let me have a little sip. Just yeah, little, just little sip of my joe. Just cool, blow, cool off your hot hot cocoa there. Yeah, I'll have you know that uh, we we've been making a hot cocoa with oat milk, mostly because uh, a group of my friends who play uh, a game called Dungeons and Dragons. We got doy together. and doy, yeah. And I, there is someone among us who I believe is uh, intolerant to the to the lactose, and so we had oat milk. In and this I was day like, and age, I was like oat milk, GTFO. And then I tried it, and it was uh, delicious and hot. Actually, cocoa, so. I'm not a big fan of oat milk in uh, usual applications. For example, in my Crispix in the morning, because it takes on a color Crispix. that is what's the word? Not gray. appetizing. Gray. Um, no, it's unfortunately not gray. It's like earth tones. <laughs> it's sure. like an Arizona. <laughs> skyline taupe um but a hot cocoa i actually would think is probably a really good it's use really for good. milk because uh there's a bunch of uh fermented cacao bean paste in it um sure. that covers up the odiness um of the uh of the milk and you don't you don't notice that it's kind of a beige khaki color yeah. when you're pouring it on your cocoa puffs not to keep talking about this but uh i I don't mind the milk substitutes as long as I'm not expecting cow's milk. You know what I mean? Like if you take a big uh, gulp or pour it on your cereal and then it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like if you're expecting anything other than water and you drink, you know what I mean? If you're expecting water and you drink anything other than water, it's the same kind of thing. We're just or, like, when <gasps> think, or when you think your luggage is full and it's an actual empty suitcase. <laughs> You like punch that? yourself in is the face. Is it that sort of, the, it's the tongue equivalent of that. That's the sort of like physical comedy that you might expect in Christmas Vacation, which is the movie we watched. <laughs> the Damon is going to recap for you now. I'm making the synergy symbol because that's how good Oh, I thought you were doing was. like a building a church with your fingers. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. He, here's Damon's recap. We open in Chicago, 1989, Christmas season. <laughs> the Griswold family that we've already gotten to meet over the course of two previous iterations of vacations two. they've taken. Did not realize both that. Both stateside and European. Um, they're uh, prepping for a Christmas visit from all of their in-laws, both Ellen's and Clark's. Mm-hmm. They're getting ready to go shopping. Clark's a little concerned about a bonus check mm-hmm. that hasn't come in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me tell you... <laughs> I think anyone who's had a family Christmas can relate to a lot of the things that happen here. Um, getting trapped in the attic, um, uh, completely draining your city's uh, power supply, um, uh, physically assaulting and threatening the yuppies that live next door. Um, and of course, uh, trying to cheat on your wife, uh, with a real retail woman, um, who, uh, doesn't seem to have any interest in you, but still shows you, uh, uh, her upper haunch in a, in a fashion mm-hmm. that made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Got a good glimpse of the haunch. <laughs> good, good haunch action on that. Frontal uh, haunch, too. Supra model. Mm-hmm. Model de supra. Anyway, you know, eventually they kidnap uh, Clark's boss because he didn't get that bonus. He got enrolled in Jelly of the Month Club. But, mm-hmm. you know, it all came out in the wash anyway. And it really makes you think about the wonder of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget anything. Oh, there was a squirrel at some point, and uh, you know, a cat. Uh, several a cat died. Um, a squirrel may have died. Um, I think yeah, we don't really uh, know. We what lost a tree, here. a tree at least, 
And I can't imagine that uh, Audrey's vision is going to be the same after her eyes froze. That's true. That was at least, at least traumatic, if not, if not <laughs> physically damaging. She also uh, we had also, to sleep with her brother. So yeah, we we get the uh, in a very popular move for m- movies of the late 1980s. We get an animated credit sequence. Listen Just, here, I want to say something. I've never confided this in another person except for <laughs> Tyler. When we watch this, I am a fucking sucker for an animated opening give me city slickers give me city slickers too give me roger rabbit technically animated but the whole movie was i love and i don't know but why true beverly is. hills true honey beverly i shrunk hills. the kids true beverly hills was a good one wait what two, was the honey i shrunk the kids two movies we've covered on this podcast oh my god i love an animated opening do you not like an animated opening here's my problem with animated opening and it and it and it tracks from when i was a kid and that was my problem with an animated opening then is that it makes me want to continue to watch the animation and not the actual movie to come. And this is pretty good, cute animation. I like that Santa uh, Santa is in crack. the animated thing. He does have a little butt crack, but I like that his boots are really small. So yeah. he's like this big sort of ball-shaped Santa, and then he's got these tiny little little boots poking out of the bottom of his little uh, jacket. It's very cute. We also can't even get past the opening without talking about the jam. The song, oh yeah, what is it? Maxine song. Waters? Not Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters! <laughs> reclaiming my time (laughs) weird song to open with but whatever go with it christmas vacation who is it it's uh mavis mavis staples Staples. i knew it was a plural noun (laughs) as this surname (laughs) right uh and and am i feel like i was i feel like i was 56 percent of the way there I like Maxine Waters, Mavis Staples. I think anyone could have made that mistake. I think we've said this before. I love a name that's just a sentence. It's a it's a good, efficient <laughs> sentence. Yes, she does. Thank you, Mavis. Thank you. I I had all these loose uh, papers, and then you came along, and you <laughs> you did what you were named for. The first moment I laughed in this movie was when they're uh, in the first scene. They're driving to go get their go get a, a Christmas tree, and uh, Chevy Chase's full out singing operatic. I So I you literally laughed it. at the first line of this movie. Oh, well, come let us. That? Yeah. Yeah, I don't listen. That's going to sound like I'm um, I'm in for a thrill ride and I was kind of hoping I was. We're at a thousand percent. Laugh a minute. Yeah. Um <laughs> laugh. La- it, go- it goes it goes down from there. Let's just I don't want to spoil anything, but it goes down from there. How it could only go down, honestly. You're laughing at 100% of the joke so far. <laughs> How would you describe Clark Griswold's character like what is so he's he's trying to have like the best Christmas ever and things I mean, keep going his, wrong his right? thing in these movies is that he is like uh, he's sort of pitched as like an everyman just trying to have a perfect vacation and usually things start going awry either just outside of his control or um, due to his own like sort of uh, incompetence yeah, um, that's usually the through line of literally every vacation movie yeah. um, that he's in. There is one mysterious one that he's not in: Christmas Vacation Two, Eddie's Island Christmas, or something. Straight to video, surprisingly. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's sort of like portrayed as like a, a sort of a lovable idiot who wants the best for his family, but also seems to all, uh, quietly hate his family as well. Yeah, I guess that's my uh, what I'm getting at here is he from the very beginning seems um, deranged and like overbearing. <laughs> uh huh. 
while he also gets, you know, more and more deranged as the movie goes on, as he's driven mad by his, like, as you said, as his own, like, incompetence, plus the stress of having his family around him until he eventually just blows up. Um, There's a lot about this. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you, everything you've said about Clark. And I, I, I mean, he is the main character of this movie, and he is the driver of this movie. But he is sort of a weird character, both uh, probably just in in the context of the movie, but also like out of context. Um, just think about him like in 2021 versus 1989. He's yeah. a very weird character um, in a way that I didn't necessarily hate. I just don't know if I enjoyed it in the way that the... <laughs> the movie producers wanted me to enjoy it. Um, he is sort of frantic. There is a weird, that weird juxtaposition where he is the one who wants his, all the family to come down. There's that bedroom scene early on where he and Ellen are in bed and she's like, you know, my mom called today and she said, she's going to come down too. And he's like, great. And he, he wants everyone there. And then the minute he arrives or the minute they arrive, he starts, only then starts working on this Christmas lights project. Right. Probably the most iconic image of this movie is this fucking house lit up like nobody's business, like the surface of the fucking sun. Um, and he immediately like starts abandoning his family. I mean, even Beverly D'Angelo says, are you out here trying to fix the lights? Or are you just avoiding your family? So there is this weird trait of his where he has come up with this plan and then immediately like extricates himself from it, which I didn't yeah. find entirely unrealistic. That also seems like true, a very true. Damon move. Um, yeah. Of like, I'm going to oh, have everyone want, over. I'm going to have everyone over. And then the minute everyone's over, I'm like, this is really stressing me out. And I wish everyone would leave and stop eating all my cheese that I laid out for you. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I do think there's some, some realistic notes of it. Cause it's like, you don't necessarily actually want something. You like want to want something. You like want to want to be a good host. Right. He wants the perfect Christmas, but then he yeah. realizes that every component of his perfect Christmas, all his family are either assholes or, well, or idiots. Right. And drive him nuts. Chevy Chase seems great. Tyler was looking up articles about Chevy Chase, and one of the articles was titled, Chevy Chase is sober and ready to work, but the problem is no one wants to work with him. Aww. It is how a little sad. How dare you people? Because I will say this about Chevy Chase. Um, I, there's, there's a lot about his character that is problematic today, and still prob problematic then, but there is something... I. I know he does a lot of mugging, and I think there are a lot of vestiges of like an older style of comedy that doesn't fly the same way it does today. But he is really good at um, falling the fuck on his face a lot. And his, I think it's also like part of that adage of, you know, a man falling down is funny, but a man in a suit falling down is funnier. Like he seems kind of put together. He seems like he's like, he looks like an average, like, middle class. an arrogant air to him, yeah, too. Yeah, like, white guy. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of funny to see him, like, fall or, you know, um, he does this thing. He does it twice, but, like, there's a scene where he where he's putting up the lice initially and at first his ladder collapses on itself because he didn't lock it properly. Um, so he like lands right back at the bottom again. It's like a little scary. You can almost imagine going through it where it would be scary. Uh, and he's just sort of at the foot of the ladder and he looks to see if anyone saw him. And then he just looks up at the top of the ladder and just goes, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And just nods sagely to himself as if he was just testing something, if just in case anyone saw him make an ass out of himself. But he also 
um, at some point somehow gets on the underside of the ladder as it's leaned up against the house. And he does this thing where he's trying to position his arm in a way to swing himself back onto the proper side. And he does a thing that kind of reminds me of myself where he just sort of panics and just keeps switching his hand motion over and over without even testing. He just keeps switching his hand back and forth in an anxious way while also like keeping the panic is very present on his face, but he also is like, keeping it bottled up in a way that also seems very believable. I mean, there is a lot of mugging on his face, but there's something about him that I find very uh, charming, the way he uses his face. I think the first... And body. Because there's a lot of like of that, and then the, like, the tree falling over. Looks great. A little full. A lot of sap. <laughs> and then they're in bed right after that. And he keeps getting pieces of the magazine stuck to stuck to his hands and just kind of like gently like wipes them on Beverly D'Angelo. Basically <laughs> she's kind of like helping him like just, and then that- he gets his hand caught in her hair and she doesn't care. Cause she's listing a thing, a, a family events that he's ruined over the course yeah, of their, like, yeah. their marriage. Um, and then he gets his hand caught on the, the lamp. I remember as a kid, cause the movie doesn't necessarily make that explicit. And I think the more, that artificial trees are more common. It's uh, a lost, more and more lost joke. But my, I remember as a kid, my brother had to explain uh, why, what was going on there. It's like the sap has gotten on his hands and he can't get yeah. it off. I'm not sure I got that as a kid, but I definitely thought it was one of the funniest moments for me. <laughs> also something really funny that I definitely never caught in previous rights was like his, all the job stuff. So he works for a company like making... <laughs> he makes his big project was a non-nutritive cereal varnish. <laughs> uh-huh. He just has like the worst job. He just has a completely like white collar, meaningless job with like food additives. Um, yeah. And just that phrase that they keep saying non-nutritive cereal varnish. I found very <laughs> funny and I never, never remotely got that before no it was actually kind of uh as an adult i think that scene hits you different um it just hits different as the kids would say um because this scene fucks that's what the kids say <laughs> yeah he's just he, he has a whole spiel when he's talking to his co-worker of just the project he's been working on and it's just borderline nonsense you can just barely follow like what he's talking about and uh, it just reminds you, like, oh, what a shitty job. There is part of me, though, that, like, he seems pretty high up because he's... Yeah, he's, like, upper maybe middle not management. Directly, yeah, he's yeah. upper middle management. He's not directly working with the CEO, but the CEO is vaguely aware of him. Vaguely being the operative word as a running joke uh, throughout yeah. the movie is. That his well, that's the whole... doesn't remember his name. His he whole... keeps calling him Greaseball at some point. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Greaseball. <laughs> I... <laughs> I did like when, so in that same scene, like the boss comes through, Brian Doyle Murray, and then he leaves and he's got his like phalanx of, of, of like other suits. C, yeah, the C-suite yeah. of people behind him. And then he, what is he, he's like, ha- uh, oh, I wrote it Merry down. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I, that was, that was pretty good. Uh, oh my, then the whole impetus for him getting upset was he doesn't, he thinks he's gotten this bonus every year and he's expecting a bonus or a little bit more than usual. And he's already, especially cause he's, uh, his boss is very, uh, 
seems to be very pleased with this non-nutritive cereal varnish. Yeah, he asks for like a special presentation so that he can something, something. And his whole, the thing we're supposed to really sympathize with him, I guess, about is that he put a deposit down on this pool and he's basically banking on this bonus for, or he's going to be ruined by this. <laughs> This right. deposit, I guess. He paid he doesn't have the money to back up the check he cut. He he mentions at the end. That's I'm very curious, is, yeah. like, what the fuck is this bonus? Yeah. Because um I mean I've gotten bonuses at my job. They're never I mean, they're always appreciated in case anyone's listening. <laughs> he doesn't even want his bonus. So I don't even want it. <laughs> I, I don't think they would ever take me to the place where I cannot afford a pool to I can now afford a pool. Like, that, like that seems he, like a very big jump. I mean, there is a whole level of bonuses, boni, no, ab- that you and I will never have any idea about, probably. Of that, the, like, yes, you know. absolutely. Only Bernie Sanders will tell us about them. For, for us, a, a bonus does not bump you up a tax bracket. Right. <laughs> like, so maybe it's one more, more of those sort of corporate executive bonuses that I've only heard tell of. Which makes this a very relatable story. Yeah, I mean, you really want to <laughs> sympathize with the corporate executive who can't afford his pool and murders at least one animal, if not two. <laughs> Wait, just, what's the second animal? The squirrel. Did the squirrel die? He just threw it. He just no, it the squirrel is fine. The squirrel is fine. The dog dies in the first movie, though. Let's no, I mean, oh, that always haunted me in vacation when that. Yeah. I can't. I can deal with the ant, the mean old ant dying in in vacation. I can't with the dog on the leash. I think the pool is trying to be this this movie's Wally World. Um, Right. But the problem is, like with Wally World, like it sort of gave like it lit a fire under the ass of the movie of like we have somewhere to go, we have somewhere to be. This is the reason we're going places. And this movie is sort of set up the same way as the original movie in that there's all these little vignettes, but because it's missing that like impetus of like, we are going somewhere. Yeah. Um, the bonus doesn't work the same way because it's just a bunch of sitting around and waiting. He's just like, Oh, I just need that bonus check. When's that bonus check going to come in? Hey, Hey Greg, have you gotten your bonus check yet? Um, there's a lot of that. And it's like, it, there's not a real action to it. So it's just about sitting around and waiting. And then that like kicks into high gear, like during act three. So this movie does just seem like a bunch of kind of actually a lot like a Christmas story where it's just sort of scenes that happen and then those scenes are done. And now we're moving on to this next. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, they just kind of like smash them all together. And it's almost well, just like a, a compilation of like, uh, does this vaguely remind you of Christmases you've had with your family? I know it does me. Hmm? Nudge, mm-hmm. nudge. Nah. That's, that's the director, by the way, nudging you. Remember when your uncle lit the tree on fire and it exploded? <laughs> was that? I was trying to piece that together when Uncle Lewis, he lights his stogie over by the thing. Where What, what I could piece together was that snot, our lovable... A dog with a sinus infection drank all the tree water over the. He it's hinted that he's drinking all the tree water, at least yeah. in that one scene. Is that what caused the the tree to like explode? Because like there's a half an hour between snot drinking the tree water, half an hour in movie time. So like maybe a day and a half in in the actual chronology of this film. Uh, I wasn't. I was like. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't really following. At that point, it was like one thing too many. I was like, yeah. So then the tree lit on fire. Well, and it's like the 
third or fourth like explosion that happens in this movie. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's what right is this after one? the cat blew up. That guy, yeah. the cat got electrocuted. Yeah. One thing to to remember that is really important early in this movie is that this woman at the uh, in the department store has boobs. She's got um, tits. So, so that's going to be important for you to remember. I wrote it down. Okay, T I T S exclamation point. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I didn't write nice. I don't. I'm not like a journalist. I'm just like. Yeah. No I editorializing. Thank you. Yeah. Not even thank you. I see them. <laughs> Not even thank you. They're just kind of <laughs> rude. I couldn't tell. There was a weird... It's almost like they took two different takes of this scene. One where she... Uh, is flirting with him, kind of... One when she's flirting yeah. with him, and one where she's like, this guy's a fucking creep, but I have to be nice to him for uh, my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of weird, because I was expecting the, the latter, because that's how it begins, where she's kind of like, nice. She's... Totally polite to yeah. them the whole time, but not interested. But then later she is kind of smiling and flirting more. And I don't, I didn't quite. And the haunch makes an appearance. Yeah. Cause she shows her the, the cut of her underwear by lifting up her, mm-hmm. her dress. Um, can't see the line. Can you Russ? <laughs> no, you can't dad. Johnny Glackie. Uh, um, that is also like a running theme in these movies is like Clark's desire to uh, cheat on his wife and abandon his family. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's always, uh, always, always pushes me over the edge. I'm like, are you, you want me to like this character? Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's like, he's such a rascal, I guess is the vibe here, but it's just like, I mean, it's pretty gross. And then uh, later in this movie, he's just talking to a shop girl and getting flustered in the first movie. Like he goes to a pool and like seriously has a chance of like cheating on his wife and family. Right. Yeah, and this one it's more it's a fantasy because he he chit chats with her and definitely you know kind of makes a fool of himself. But then later he just he's kind of fantasizing about his pool, and then she makes a then she shows up side boob appearance, which was definitely more there was more a bit more risque than even I was expecting. Yeah, I remember I I only had like I was like vaguely remembering this scene. I'm like she know she throws her bathing suit at him, but I couldn't remember how he got to that state cuz I was also surprised with the side boob when it showed up. I'm like, "Oh, yeah. okay." Yeah. Speaking of more uh Chevy Chase uh physical comedy, I do love a good spit take. It always a good one always gets me, even if it's in a bad moment, like the thing is not specifically funny. Mm-hmm. I just a, a spit take it's good. And then I don't even remember what the moment is that he has a spit take, but he does like a, like a snort. Oh, isn't it when he's talking to Eddie finally, uh, while they're drinking out of their Wally world mugs, they're drinking eggnog. Doesn't he? Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. Spit takes are weird. They're kind of like bowling. Uh, everyone has done a spit take. It feels like, but it is really rare to see someone actually do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> We used to, uh, when we would have uh, hours long band practice on Saturdays at my house, we would take these, we would play music for a while and then we'd take these very long breaks where we would eat taquitos from the freezer <laughs> and just watch TV or goof around or whatever. I had a vision suddenly of these uh, teenagers um, just practicing spit takes. We did. We we would sit, We there was at least one session where we would sit around and we tried to, we would just have our little root beers or whatever. And this sounded like we were like five. We were teenagers. So whatever we were drinking and we just kept trying to make each other spit take. And uh, 
It was a lot of fun. Wait, were you trying? Were you practicing uh, like a stage spit take, or were you actually trying to get someone to accidentally oh. spit out there? Well, it wasn't drink. an accident. We knew it was coming, so it w- everyone would take a turn, you know, drinking something, and we try to say something. And you know, we were trying to do a spit take, so it was kind of theater as well, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, it's hard to do a good one. No, it is. On, I pr- mean, on I, purpose, you know. Is there a naturally occurring spit take? Usually, I, I just so. choke on my. Um, my yeah, job. I think that that counts. You know, like <laughs> a, like a snort or like mm-hmm. a dribble. That that still counts as a spit take. I think it's just uh, it's rare to see a uh, like a well executed one, and I think this was a well executed one. That's all I want to say. We've all gone swimming, it. but we're not all Michael Phelps. Exactly. Um, it's exactly that. Do you want to talk about cousin Eddie? I do want to I do want to talk about Cousin Eddie because I was kind of languishing, not languishing. I was like chuckling at some parts. Some parts made me laugh out loud, but I was kind of like I was getting into that itchy phase in the middle of the movie where I'm like, okay, so what are we what are we all doing here? Um, And uh, then Cousin Eddie arrived. I I am really torn on Cousin Eddie because he is sort of a, a a classist like joke, like the running joke is that he's poor. Um, and he is sort of like making fun of Southerners, but by gar, he makes me laugh. (laughs) I think he's just enough of a combination of like making fun of poor people, making fun of like Southerners and just like, wait, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Like there's just enough weirdness in cousin Eddie that he genuinely makes me laugh. His line about how, uh, he, uh, the plastic plate that replaced his metal plate is right under the part of his hair. And if this gets dented, my hair just ain't going to look right. Like that's his concern about the metal plate that protects his brain from the outside world is that is if it gets dented on a sledding accident, it just won't look, look right. It makes me laugh. I also enjoy that you can see his dicky through his sweater when he finally arrives um, for Christmas. He's wearing like a little a white, a cream sweater and he's got like a black turtleneck underneath. But if you look at the cream sweater, you can see the black rectangle mm. of his dicky. And it's like, of course he wears a dicky. How did Is you feel that you're looking at me like a like a slightly disappointed mother? So, what did you feel about uh, cousin Eddie? Uh, I think I feel the same way, except for it made me laugh less. I guess oh, okay, like it makes me uncomfortable. But then a couple things were funny, like you know, shitter was full. <laughs> All right, can't help it. Shitter was have full. You checked, have you checked our shitters, honey? That's uh, <laughs> that's actually the funny part, which is not the part that anybody quotes. Is Joe Chase's like sarcastic? Ah, uh, yes. Reaction. Have you checked our shitters, honey? <laughs> I didn't find him like. Obviously, he's meant to be kind of annoying and overbearing, and obviously, obviously insane. He kidnaps the boss which absolutely I he's a dangerous man who needs thing. to be incarcerated or at least given the help he so desperately needs i think it's also interesting because he's he he makes his first appearance in the original vacation movie um with a very yeah. young jane krakowski as his eldest daughter oh. but in that one he's i think he's played even more into the the southern stereotype um it's a, we there is a weird joke where jane krakowski alludes to the fact that uh that they kiss at the very least that they French kiss. And there is a scene where, where cousin, uh, where cousin Eddie does lean in to kiss Ellen and she has to like sort of lean back cause he wants to kiss her on the lips. So I think he's a little less like 
over the top than he is yeah. in Vacation. Yeah. And he actually gets some pathos in this where you find out that, you know, he he's living with the RV and it's a little, it's it's sad. He's been lying to the kids. The kids didn't get a Christmas last year. There is a little pathos in that. <laughs> I just thought of him uh, responding to the Jelly of the Month Club. After uh, Clark gives a long speech before looking at the uh, what he thinks is his bonus, Clark gives a whole long speech about how he can't afford the, the down payment he made and this bonus is going to cover the difference and uh, how he's going to fly everyone down. And then Clark realizes that he's been enrolled in the Jelly of the Month Club. And rather than responding like everyone else is, j- <laughs> Cousin Eddie goes, that's the gift that just keeps on giving the whole year long. And I'm like, oh, you... Uh, Sweet, sweet idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he adds like an a, a, an uh, some needed oomph to this movie. The halfway point. Yeah. Because I, for some reason, I just forgot all about him. Although he's probably the most like as you, I mean, the shitter's full line is probably the line that has like seeped into the Christmas zeitgeist. Uh, every yeah. year, you see either a card with I was I think I got my brother a card with shitters full and has a silhouette of Eddie emptying out his his chemical toilet into the sewer. But yeah, I I, I forgot about him, and so there is this nice like oh right, cousin Eddie's here. I also think there's a lot of carryover that I'm supposed to bring from the first movie, but having not seen it in decades, right. I I was I knew that you know if you had reminded me, hey, Randy Quaid's in this movie, I'd been like yeah. Um, you but, mean that crazy person who <laughs> went missing? What? What didn't he? Uh, I know he's like gone completely conspiratorial, like tinfoil hat. But didn't he like go missing for a while? Like, wasn't he on the yeah. run from the law like two or three years ago? There was something he's I didn't follow. Quaid. I didn't follow it very closely. You're not following the Randy Quaid a Google alert I set up on your on your computer. No. <laughs> well, ever since we did uh, Independence Day, I kind of thought I was done. So, oh, I got gotcha. you. You didn't know I was going to pull this old chestnut out. Yeah. Chestnut roasted over an open fire. Um, <laughs> so I guess like, cause he comes, he shows up and he, other than like being in a RV and being kind of weird, I was kind of like, I don't understand Clark's sort of aversion to him. It's your cousin. But cause, cause he's also like, it doesn't. Well, it's not his cousin. Me and Tyler were trying to figure this out. It's, we were oh, it's to her cousin. Together. It's, it's, I think that, um, is it Catherine is Eddie's wife? Is that her name? Do you remember? But uh, Tyler noticed that that no one, um, that E.G. Marshall and Doris Roberts did not greet Catherine either. Oh. Which would have been, in my theory, their daughter. Right. They were all just talking to Eddie. So maybe Eddie is a fucking creep-ass cousin. Isn't, don't they call him like, isn't like cousin yeah, Eddie? Yeah, it's cousin Eddie. Or am I thinking of... Something else. You're thinking of Cousin It from the Cousin Adams It, family. that's what it is. <laughs> no, they do call him, um, they do call him Cousin Eddie. Even the sequel, the direct-to-video sequel was Cousin Eddie's uh, Island Holiday or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I will say, one of the, the lines that always stuck out to me, and I don't, it's not as clever as I want it to be, but it still makes me laugh. Um, when Eddie shows up, uh, he says, you surprised, Clark. Um, and Clark says, surprised? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. It always <laughs> makes me laugh. How would someone's head get sewn to the carpet? I don't know, but it still makes me laugh. Bet you'd be surprised if it did. True. There, The other, I think, moment we have to 
kind of give a little kudos to uh, Chevy Chase for is the long winded berating of his boss that he does. Like when he finds out <laughs> the hap hap happiest bunch of assholes this side of I can't remember what he says, but it is then, a very fun uh, uh, speech. Then he at the end says, "Holy shit, where's the Tylenol?" Which is <laughs> I feel like that's a thing someone in my family said, and I never got it. <laughs> Until this moment, I was like, oh, that's from this. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. He was quoting the thing from that stuff. Uh, First off, I want to say Doris Roberts. I love a woman who starts the day wearing a hat. Um, she comes out of her bedroom when Clark's in the attic, already in a fur hat, which I enjoy. I want to talk about Todd and Margot. Who the hell are Todd and Margot? Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, Christopher okay. Guest's the neighbor, the yuppie brother, neighbors. Nicholas the- Guest. When do they name them? I guess. He, um, he why is the carpet all wet, Todd? Okay. I don't know, Margot. <laughs> uh, that's when they get named. <laughs> it's classic exposition, DJ. It's yeah. screenwriting 101. You're right. There is this weird like misogyny that comes out that's aimed at uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, which, as a Julia Louis Dreyfus stan, I will not tolerate for one thing. Um, she gets this weird like creepy line well she doesn't get the line but clark griswold um gets the line when he's uh trimming the tree at the beginning like this like the second scene todd asks where are you gonna put a tree like that um and clark says uh bend over and i'll show you and he says you got a lot of nerve talking to me and he says i wasn't talking to you and i was like so you're gonna shove a Christmas tree up the person who hasn't even said anything to you yet, uh, ass or genitals? What are you talking what? about? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. very, like, and I feel like she gets the brunt of the sort of yuppie abuse um, throughout this movie. Not entirely. Todd gets uh, decked at one point by her by and her. Uh, falls down the stairs with, uh, you know, a tray of sushi or whatever yuppie nonsense they were eating. <laughs> But she's the one who gets mauled by a dog uh, and attacked by a squirrel. It's and also, also traumatized by the police who break into her her yeah. house at the end of the movie. It seemed like it left a bad feeling in my mouth. Well, and this I mean it's classic for this uh, kind of era type of mu- movie too. Like they seem like insufferable dickheads, but they're in the right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's no question in this entire movie. They're in the right in every single scenario. <laughs> like, they've their their house has been destroyed several, well, not their entire house, but, like, various windows have been broken yeah. and various uh, appliances have been destroyed by Clark's incompetence. Like, they're absolutely right to be angry with him. And I think it just doesn't play the same as it would have in 89 because yuppies aren't the nuisance they were. Um, maybe if these were, I don't know, hipsters or Gen Zers or whatever you ever think group of white people we're mad at right now. Um, you ever think maybe we're the yuppies? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was like, I think their house is nice. Yeah. Look at all I'm those like, clean lines and <laughs> Miami colors. I've never seen that sconce before. What's that? Just sort of like a scoop that you attach to the walls? Just got a, it looks like a Devo that. hat that you just sort of cut in half and... Paste it upside down on your wall. It's really nice. It's smart. Smart decoration. I like it. Handsome. I'm going to be honest with you. I felt bad for them uh, in a way that I never before. The movie doesn't justify, like, outside of any context, if you don't know what a yuppie is, it doesn't really justify why they're 
to be hated as they I are. I feel like and it would have been they're a They're entirely pretty... new characters as well. Like they're, in, yeah. they're new to this. I feel like it would have been not story. hard to do that though too. Like set them up as like they do something to Clark. You know, I they... want to hate them. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I love hating people. They call the HOA on him or something. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. They could have, could have, uh, I mean, I don't want this, uh, to go on any longer, but still, I would have liked to be explaining right. why we hate. If them there so was much. like a brief reference to a property line dispute, anything, just give me anything give me to something. hang my hat on to watch their house be destroyed by this incompetent moron. Give me something to hang my sconce on. <laughs> um, oh, I also wanted to say, sort of along those lines of cousin Eddie, it feels like the movie is like, well, cousin Eddie's sort of worn out as welcome. Let's bring in um, what's her name, Aunt Bethany, uh, and Uncle Lewis who then sort of add a new oomph to the thing. They yeah. arrive for just Christmas Eve dinner. I do love Uncle Bethany, and I would give my life for her. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Don't throw me down, clock. Um, <laughs> is Rusty still in the Navy? I do love her a lot, um, and I would frequently quote her with my brother um, throughout Christmas and in other holidays as well. It does seem like, oh, and who's this lady now? It's just like all of a sudden there's a new, like, uh, hastily sketched out character that right. arrives. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a woman with dementia. Let's mock her for a while. <laughs> the blessing. <laughs> that turkey. Ugh. When they, Ugh. so they. Um, it's worse than I ever remembered. Oh my it's God. disgusting. And them it's- eating it. Cousin Catherine makes the turkey, and it—it's I guess it looks really nice. But as soon as they cut open it, like it's like tales from the crypt. Like it pops yeah. open, and it's got like—it's it's just so completely dry. dried out on the inside. It's gross. You should not. They should not eat that. Hold on. I wanted to. I think I have my one big thing, and then we can go to the verdict. Oh boy! Here, Here we go. Here we go. I wanted to say, and I sort of alluded to this at the beginning, which was Clark like seems like a very toxic uh, character. Yeah. Um, and I think even more so now than he would have in 89. He has genuine anger management problems. Yes. Um, he, he, he never wants to like cede any ground. Like that's the first scene is like these guys like tailgating him. Is that what you call that? Yes. But Good it's job. also what you call when you're at a football game and just hanging out? Yes. So both things are tailgating. Yes. The English language, man. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> They're tailgating him. And so rather than just like doing what his wife says and slow down and let them pass, like he turns it into this like whole animosity thing. And I mean, that, I mean that's a perfect encapsulation of like Clark Gris- Griswold, like immediately getting angry, putting his family in harm's way uh, just for like the purpose of like besting these two rednecks in a giant truck. Yeah. He's just completely toxic in every way. And I think the movie wants us to relate to him as an everyman. And now he just seems like a dangerous human, but I feel like it changes the tone of the movie in not necessarily a bad way in that because he has all these like terrible things happen to him. You kind of root for the terrible things to happen to him. Right. Right. Um, Like you're like, yeah, send him down that hill, like going at like 3000 miles per hour on that sled that he covered in his weird cereal varnish. Go ahead. I kind of like that these things happen, that he, you know, gets his, gets stuck between a tree and a ladder and then gets stuck in the attic and all this other shit. I mean, he's still like, it still all works out for Clark, but there is like kind of a little joy that I got in watching this at seeing like him suffer Suffer. (laughs) because he is just kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. 
in a way that you can't really defend. So there you have it. That's all I got. That was my thing. Let's go to the verdict. Let's go. That's Here opening we are, the door. verdict room. Here we are. DJ. D- oh. Let's see what I did there. What's your verdict? Okay. So the main issue with this movie is that it didn't make me laugh at all. <laughs> or very little. Not at all. And this was my problem growing up is like, I want to say you're in a child as an idiot, but I just didn't get it. Like, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? I feel like I know a lot of people get a lot of joy and enjoy like watching and rewatching this movie. Something about this movie, Chevy Chase has never really done it for me like as a comedian, but like sometimes he makes me laugh and some moments in this movie he makes me laugh. But like this whole thing, like I don't want to like take this movie away from people, but this is not for me. Like it just, I don't think it's funny. I, I don't like when people quote it, even if I recognize it, I'm like, I don't. Shitter's Full is, is pretty funny. I'll give you that one. Because it's got the shit thing. But again, the thing that I find the most funny about that is the line after that, which is, <laughs> have you checked the shitters, honey? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know, it's poetry. They don't, one doesn't work without the other. But yeah, you, I didn't like this as a kid, so my personal inner child, <laughs> we're in agreement, but your inner child was an idiot. This is terrible. Don't watch this. But if you want to, whatever, I don't care. What do you think, Damon? Uh, I wouldn't say it's terrible. I think it is definitely an overrated movie. I think, yeah, I think it lacks a little bit. Uh, like I've said, you know, I think it lacks a little bit of momentum. It feels like you're almost watching like uh, a sk- collection of skits. It's like like a compilation of like yeah. Christmas frustrations. Yeah. I don't think it hits the same as it would have in 1989. I think Clark Griswold is kind of not as enjoyable in every man as the movie would have us believe. He kind of seems like a genuine asshole. And so him being annoyed at his family, I'm like, your family also has a right to be annoyed with you, sir. Yeah, Um, They should be escaping and leaving uh, to go decorate the house to get away from you. Um, So there's that aspect. He also just seems like, you know, a sexist prick there's the the element of the yuppie neighbors i i will say i think i enjoyed it a little bit more than you there are and that's possibly a nostalgia thing where i I, you know the uh the lines that i enjoyed as a kid still make me laugh Uh, it's not necessarily the most woke um movie um (laughs) you know we're making fun of people for being poor we're making fun of old women for having dementia um so that stuff doesn't necessarily work the same way as it did but i mean there was enough in here that made me chuckle and some there were maybe two instances of me actually laughing out loud but i will still say your inner child is an idiot it's not that great of a movie yeah it it i feel like with a few tweaks it could be um improved if the family was like genuinely like annoying rather than just sort of mildly like yeah old people fall asleep watching parades sometimes <laughs> yeah having Damn people them, in your house I guess. <laughs> that the two kids have to sleep together in the same bed guess that's uh 
crime. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, watching this again, I was like, yeah, I can see why I stopped watching this every Christmas about 15 years ago. And we both agree. I would rather watch this 10 times consecutively than a Christmas story. Oh, yeah. What are you, fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah. At least there was some... <laughs> At least I laughed at some stuff. <laughs> now I just I just really wanted to get uh, some more angry feedback. Uh, oh no! Someone brought it up to me. Someone brought it up to me. A patron, T. Smith, brought it up to me recently uh, about how we missed the mark on a Christmas story, and uh, I stand by that that movie blows. I w- I would revisit our revisitation only for our patrons. Uh, so you know, sign up. What do you think, everybody? You're in Charles and Idiot at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or text us 615-576-0525. You can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can support us on Patreon and Patreon at patreon.com slash you're in Charles and Idiot and uh, make your request there. You know, maybe we'll do a, a Patreon special where we re-revisit uh, things that you thought we got wrong. I don't know. That's something we've talked about doing, but are too lazy to actually do so far. Uh, I, but I think because we we know that Christmas Story would be the first one. I, I and know. I remember... That's, that's I why that I'm stalling. One, I think that's one of the first movies that I chose to watch twice. And I remember coming to your house like I was waiting from a call for... Waiting for a call from the governor. Like I was like, this... I have to watch this movie again? It was terrible. <laughs> We would like to thank our current patrons, including Josh Frigo, Travis Vance, the supreme ruler of this podcast, Demons of Street His Honor the Mayor, Dan McIntyre, Beth Sermont, David Mort, Jonathan Day, Just Cuz, Scalphosaurus, Dr. Uh, Malcolm's Heaving uh, Bosom. I forgot to uh, do uh, jingle bells in the background while we do this. Oh, yeah. Just uh, sort of. Heather Tuggle. Do you want to do that again? Yeah. Can you (laughs) just add that in post? Add that in post. Heather Tuggle. Uh, Tyler Richardson. Captain Jean Luc Picard. Or is it? Mm, Is it just his friend that bought a patron for him? (laughs) Patronage. Uh, Karen Curd. Lindsay Nell. The Zesty. Jacob Grimm. Particle Man. Dramatically placed hot dog. Ooh, quiet. Larissa Maestro. T. Smith. Christmas Story Sucks. Jeremy Powlin. <laughs> Kevin from Cleveland. Now you're just, you're just starting Just antagonizing something. the people just... who, who support our podcast. We really appreciate it, even if you think we're wrong. Uh, thank you all for listening, everybody. Do you want to uh, go ahead and word for word uh, recite uh, Chevy Chase's rant uh, against his boss? Yeah, let me um, just uh, remember it uh, from memory. You know, I have a memory castle, uh, so I yeah. have to just sort mm-hmm. of go into uh, the memory castle. Uh-huh. Um, and I just want to, I'm opening the door to the Christmas right. uh-huh. uh, vacation room, which is oddly uh, decorated for Easter. Um and, uh, oh, I forgot that the handle kind of sticks a little bit here. So let me, oh, you got to put your shoulder into it a little bit. 
I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hoopless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lipped, worm headed, sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the title? Four flushing? Is that that he takes big shits? Four flushing. Four flushing. Four or flushing. Like- is this it four F O U R or or F O R E like, like the number uh, four? So it's yes. not like he flushes before he goes. No, yeah. And I'm checking other uh, fan art, and it all says four flushing, four flushing. <laughs>